Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, please. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speak of the truth in love. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every sporting ligament, grows and builds up itself in love. As each part does its work. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the Central Church of Christ. Uh, my name is Jay Manimtim, and I'm one of the servants here in this amazing congregation. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Um, I would like to start this morning by uh, introducing you to the world's shortest living man. This guy right here. His name is Kagendra Tapa Magar. I don't, I don't know if I said that right. But he's from Nepal, and he's the shortest living man. He's uh, 26 inches tall. I don't know how tall that is. Maybe like this tall? <laughs> oh, short? Forever? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's very portable, right? If, <laughs> if I can show you... Uh, what he's like, or what, what what it's like for him to be with adults, it's like this. He looks like a he looks like a child, but he's 27 years old this year. 27 years old. Uh, I look at I saw one of the articles about him, and he said that his number one pet peeve is when people see him, they go to him and and they pick him up. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that would be very annoying. If you're 27 years old and all these guys are picking you up and bouncing you around. And it's interesting because one of the things that came to my mind when I saw this was that this is not normal. Right? A child is supposed to grow into adolescence and into adulthood and into maturity as the years go by. But for Kagendra... It is not his fault because this is something that, uh, that, that, that he has as a medical condition that prevents him from becoming a mature looking 27 year old man. So I would like to link that to what I'm going to talk to you guys about today. Today I'm going to talk to you about spiritual growth. And, uh, uh, this is something that is very important to us, and this is something that we have control over, our spiritual growth, our maturity in Christ. And this topic is not new for us, I, I'm pretty sure, especially given the fact that in May and in the first week of June, we have, we've had uh, uh, guest speakers that talk to us about this. Paul Rasmussen was here to talk about this. Uh, Curtis Abraham was here as well to talk to, talk to us about this. And finally, uh, Matt uh, Burleson was here to talk to us about this as well. And specifically, they focused on 2 Peter 3.18. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we talked to us about. And so this morning, 
what I would like to do is I would like to, with this lesson, achieve two things. First, I would like to introduce to you our sermon series for the whole summer. So from now until the end of August, we're going to talk about spiritual growth. And uh, in, in this particular series, there's going to be speakers here that are going to come up and talk to all of us about the importance and the necessity of spiritual growth, of, of maturing in Christ. And the second thing that I want to do today is I want us to, I, I want this to be a message to, our, to all of our graduates. You know, we just honored them today because they achieved a very important milestone in their life. Now they're more able to become uh, even more independent in what they do, right, as they grow. And I think it's very apt that this lesson is, uh, is, uh, is timely with uh, honoring our graduates because it is a lesson for all of us, not, to, not just to our graduates, but to all of us as we focus on, uh, on our spiritual growth. And in fact, this morning, I would like to talk to you about that for us to be able to really think about growing to maturity. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, growing to maturity. Uh, this lesson today reminds me of a story that I uh, that I heard a while back. Uh, it's, I've told the story once before. I don't know if if, if you're hearing it again. Uh, I guess you're going to hear it again. Uh, this is the story about uh, uh, a teacher who thought, uh, "Hey, I want to I want to move up in, uh, in 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 my teaching career." So this this person has been teaching for 20 years, and he said, "Well, there's an opening." It's a different level up, so I'm going to apply for that opening in my in, in, in this person's uh, school division, so that they can you know they can move up in their career. So he applied to this job, and long story short, he did not get this job, and he was frustrated. So he inquired, like, why didn't I get that job? Who got that job? Because I know I'm one of the most senior people in this in this joint, and I should be getting this job. I'm the most senior person that applied. I'm pretty sure, but. Uh, he got the information that somebody who has been a teacher for five years got the job. So why did they get the job and not me? And the answer that was given to that person was this. Well, this person in their resume and in their interview showed that they have been a teacher for five years. But you, on the other hand, you might have, you might have been working here for 20 years. Your resume and your interview showed that you have the experience of a teacher with one year's experience times 20. That's the problem. And that is something that we can look into that, into our own lives as Christians, and we can apply that. I can be a Christian for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, but if I'm not growing, if I'm not maturing, I am at where I started before as a child or a babe in Christ. So this morning, what I would like to do is answer two key questions. In terms of growing to maturity, why do we need to do this? Why do we need to talk about this? And number two, how do we actually do it? So let's get on with it. Why? In our scripture reading this morning, we saw that Jesus gave gifts to the church. What are these gifts? In Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, we read of these gifts. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Why did he give this to us, these individuals to us? Well, there's a reason. In verse 12, we understand that it is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Did you guys see the reason? So that we will be built up. So that we could all grow together as a church. These individuals are important for that matter. Jesus, as the head, has, uh, has a plan for the church to grow. Right? That is the reason why. Because we can ask the question, well, why do I need to grow? Because you know what? I was baptized into Christ and I grew, you know, I, I was born, in, born again into Christ. What does it matter if I'm a babe in Christ from the time that I accepted Jesus to the time that I die? Would I not still go to heaven if I'm a child in Christ? That's the question that I ask. But the thing is, it's important that we answer that question uh, with, with, with Scripture so that we will really understand why we need to grow. So, uh, Paul, the apostle, tells us in Ephesians that, you know, we need to, we need to grow. And then he, he caps that off in verse 13, the second part of verse 13, by saying, and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Why do we need to grow? Because we need to be mature. This word mature here is not to be perfect in terms of not having any sin. The maturity that he's talking about here is for us to be complete. And I told you about this illustration before. It's like a, it's like a multi-tool that does everything. A tool that hammers, that drills, that saws. You know, that even refrigerates, I don't know, like all these things that one, that a tool can do. Jesus wants every Christian to be this complete individual that can do all these things. To be able to forgive, to be able to pray, to be able to hope, to be able to love, to be, to be able to do all these things, to serve, to do these things as a complete, mature Christian, Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The reason why we need to do this is because we want to be like Jesus. That's why. We don't want to be a one, we don't want to be a one trick pony Christian. We can only do this or that or this. We want to be able to do all. That's why we grow in our life as Christians. That is the whole point. Now, the question was, but can I be a babe in Christ all throughout my, my Christian life? Well, no. We cannot. The reason is because if we do, there's a danger. There is a danger if we do not grow. And this is the danger right here. In Revelation 3, 15 to 16, John writes to one of the churches in, uh, one of the seven churches in Revelation, right? And this one is for the church in Laodicea. He writes, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. See, there's a danger. If we do not grow, if we do not think about maturity, and we think about just coasting to where we are when we started, there's a danger that we will become lukewarm. And the Lord tells us that if that's the case, then it's, we're going to be spat out. It is not a good thing for us. It is not a good thing. And there's also a danger that... When we become lukewarm, this is going to happen. In Re- uh, uh, that, that, that we are going to be spat out. And in Revelation 3 verse 19, uh, uh, the Lord continues on uh, in his message to the Laodicean church. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So this is what he said. So be zealous and repent. In this verse, I want us to focus on that one word. Instead of being lukewarm, we need to be zealous. We need to have that zeal for our faith. That we really want to 
grow, that we really want to be better or improved every day. It's because we want to. It's like in any of our relationships. We can't just stay stagnant. We need to keep growing. There's this continuous, uh, continuous growth in our relationship, especially with our relationship with God. And another danger is uh, told to us by the Hebrew writer in chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. If we are not growing, we're going to be drifting away. Because this is the thing. We understand that growing is an imperative. It's a must. We see that in children. They grow, spirit, they, they grow physically. The thing is, with spiritual life as well, we, we want to fill ourselves with things. That is an imperative. If we're not filling ourselves with Christ and with spiritual things, guess what? We are doing it with other things that are not spiritual. And when we do that, then there's a competition in our hearts and in our minds. If we fill our lives with worldly things, this is when we drift away from the faith. This is when we drift away from our first love. This is when we drift away from God. This is why we need to think about growing, not being stagnant, not just coming here to be fed, but to really exercise our faith, to serve. Now, uh, in Matthew 5, verse 16, there's another reason why we need to do it. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Mature Christians the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the Spirit are evident in their lives. And when that happens, people see it. And when people see it, the Father in heaven is glorified. That's another reason why we need to be about our spiritual growth. Now, that is the reason why. But how do we do it? Um, for parents out there, even if you're not parents, remember when you're, uh, when you're a kid, or maybe even until now, in terms of vegetables, what did we say or hear from our parents as they encourage us to eat vegetables? I know, I tell my kids, eat your broccoli because they're good for you. They're really good for you. you know, I, remember, uh, I remember Daniel tells me this. He, he really loves vegetables. But before he said, Dad, why do I have to eat broccoli? It's yucky. And I tell him, well, it's good for you. And then he says this. He says this. Dad, why is it that all the bad things are the ones that are supposed to be good for me? And all the good things are the things that I don't like. Doesn't that ring a bell in our Christian lives? This is what spiritual maturity is all about. And I think it's hard because we fail to do one thing. And that one thing is told to us by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 22. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I think it's hard because we fail to put off our old self and to put on our new selves. We fail to keep that in mind. I know we're going to fail here and there. We're going to fail a lot. But then there's a difference between failing 
and not really trying at all. There's a difference between failing and saying, well, I don't have to. There's a difference. And our Heavenly Father knows that difference. We know that in our children. Our Father knows that about us as children. We need to put off our old self. That's the hard part. Because our old self, we want stuff. We're so used to doing all the bad stuff. And then when we meet Christ, when we see His glory on the cross and say, Lord, Your love moves me and leads me to do all these things. No more to sin. That's when it becomes hard. If we do not purpose ourselves to become the new self in Christ, then we won't grow. We won't grow. Um, Ephesians 4.14. So starting from this verse, one of, the re- one of the best ways that we can grow is for us to be armed with knowledge. And I love what Paul, the apostle, starts to do in our text. So he tells us we need to grow. And you know what he does next? He says, well, I need you to remember what childish and immature looks like and what mature looks like. And I think when we find that out, when we figure out for ourselves where we are in that spectrum, it's going to be easy for us, or at least we will be armed with the, with, with, with the knowledge to know where we need to go. And I think for us this morning, answering the question, how do we do this? How do we grow in, to maturity? We need to know what immature and mature looks like. And this is what Paul does in the rest of our text. In verse 14, he talks to us about being immature. He says, we will no longer be infants, children, little babies, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We know what children are like. You know, Amir and Kristen, I know you guys are expecting. You have a child soon. We know what children are like. Right? But it's to be expected of them to be childish because they are children. You know, I tell you about children. You know this. Children have many toys. They don't care about any of them until another child comes in and plays with their toys. And all of a sudden, that's my toy. You don't touch that toy. That's mine. It's hard for them to share. And because of that, they fight a lot. That's what kids do. That's what children do. As a parent, I need to be patient with them in that and and help them through that. Right? That's to be expected. Children, they say whatever they want to say. And sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's mean, sometimes it's cruel. But they don't have the wherewithal to temper it with love or with, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, with, with understanding. That's what children do, right? It's hard for them to do that. But what happens when adults are called, uh, are referred to as children? That's, there's something bad. There's something wrong. There's something abnormal about it. They need to grow. That's why we can't be babes in Christ from the time that we start to the time that we finish. We can't do that. It is not good, right? In Corinthians, the first, in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, first three verses, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ, infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. 
For instance, there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Why were they called infants? Because they were still worldly. Why are they worldly? Because they, they were still jealous like children. That's my toy. Oh, I want what you have. And they still quarrel. I don't like you anymore. I don't know, I, it hurts my heart when, when, when our boys say to each other, you're not my brother anymore. Oh, it hurts me. But you know what's more sad about that? Christians do that. We, we, tend, we, we could do that to one another. And what does it say about our spiritual maturity? I'm saying this to challenge all of us. I'm not saying this to make us feel bad about ourselves. I want to say this to us because we need to be better. We need to think about growing in our spirituality. Because it, is, it equates to us becoming more and more like Jesus. And I love what, what Paul tells us about this. Are we not acting like mere humans? We're just being carnal. We're being physical. We're not being spiritual. That is what he means by that. And then um, the reason why we're infants is because we're tossed back and forth by the waves. Children, they, they change their minds at a drop of a hat. One time, they'd be crying, and then not even one second later, they could be laughing. When an, an adult does that, there's something wrong, right? But children, they do that. It's okay because they're children. Uh, they would change their minds about things. It's okay because they're children. But as an adult, we cannot be tossed back and forth by the waves. We can't be blown here and there by every wind of doctrine. Children, you tell them something, and some other person tells them something, they would believe both. They would be confused. As adults, we cannot be easily confused. And as adults, we cannot allow people to, to tell us some popular thing and then we can believe that. We need to be grounded in the truth. We need to, uh, we need, we, we cannot be tossed to and fro because of our lack of understanding. We need to know, we need to understand. And so in Ephesians uh, 4.15, Paul continues, instead, speaking the truth in love. This is what mature looks like, Paul is saying, right? You know what immature looks like, but this is what mature looks like. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We need to speak the truth in love. But you know, everybody can speak the truth. Children can speak the truth. I remember one time Linda was telling me, he took Jacob to a clinic and it was embarrassing for Linda because there was a rather, you know, huge lady on the side eating chips and, and, uh, and pop. You know what Jacob said really out loud? Mom, and pointing to the lady as well, Mom, that lady shouldn't eat that. She should be on a diet. <laughs> Linda picks up, Jacob leaves, right? <laughs> but... That's, that could be expected from children because they can just say the truth. But adults, can, we should say the truth in love. Our maturity depends on that. Sometimes, as adults, we just say the truth. You know, sometimes people brag, oh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not good because I say the truth. It's like a humble brag. Oh, I say the truth freely. Maybe because we're so childish. Saying the truth freely in love is what makes us adults. In love is what makes us adults. And then we will grow 
and become mature in the body of Christ. And how do we do that? Do we only do that through our worship service? For the programs that we have? No. In every respect we grow. Every respect. In our prayer. In our dealing with other people. As a parent. As a, as a, as a worker. As a co-worker. My, my work ethic. In my honesty. In being a good steward of what God has given me. In every respect I have to grow. Not just picking one or two or three. Not just in my attendance. Every respect. If I am a Christian, my orthodoxy has to equate my orthoproxy. My doctrine has to live itself in how I live. It has to change who I am. That is spiritual maturity. That's why we cannot be babies from the start to finish. We need to deal in knowledge. You know, in Ephesians 4.16, he continues, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Did you notice that Paul, when he talks about spiritual growth and maturity, he always deals in love? That is how we will know. That the love of Christ that we saw on the cross filters in into us, and we demonstrate it to people. And this is how we build each other up in love. How? As each part does its work. You know, children, it's to be expected of children. One of the things that uh, distinguish our children is they can't do things on their own. We have to do things for them. Imagine adult Christians who are supposed to be able to do that on their own. And again, I'm not saying this to make us feel... I'm saying this to make us really understand the importance of spiritual maturity. Because I don't want to talk here and then just make it so that you hear it and then out to the other ear. I want to make it relevant to all of us. I want us to be impacted by this. So we can build ourselves up in love when we do our work as individuals. See, as, as, as you're one of your servants here, as, as your full-time minister here, my job here is not to make all of you dependent on me. Oh, Jay will do that. Oh, Jay does that. Oh, Jay does all these things. Oh, the elders do all those things. The deacons do that. My job here is to make all of you, me included, Dependent on Him. That is the only way we're going to grow. That is the only way we are going to do all of our parts for God. That is the only way that I'm going to come here. We're all going to come here and say, what can I do today for the church? Not, what does the church have for me today? That is the sign of a mature person. That is what I want my children to do. I want them to initiate Becoming a good worker. I don't have to tell them things. I want them to be able to just do it. This is what we want in our lives as Christians as well. Now, understanding is important. We're not going to be able to do this without understanding. This person here, 
His name is Michael Nicholson. Do you guys know him? No? Okay, it's okay. You will pretty much know what, what, he's, what he's up to in this picture with these things. Do you guys know what those are? Our graduates know what those are. You see them on their hats or on their tassels. You know what I'm saying? Every hat, every tassel has different colors because of their degrees. This person has a lot of arts degrees because I know I, mean, I was in the arts and it's white. This person is 72 years old and he finished his 30th academic degree. That is how much he loves knowledge. That's amazing. And I think we can draw a lot of lessons from Michael Nicholson. To love knowledge that way. He has a doctor's degree. He has 32 master's degrees. He has three specialist degrees. He has two associate's degrees and one bachelor's degree. Love knowledge like this guy. For us Christians, we also want to love knowledge. But then include grace with it. Remember 2 Peter 3.18? We saw that earlier. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't stop at knowledge. Put grace in there. Why? Because, look at this. Titus 2, 11 to 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to people. That's God's grace. What does it do? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live, self, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I know I'm running out of time, but I just want to wrap this up. 30 seconds. Hold on. You see this tree, right? We're talking about spiritual growth. What makes this tree really big? What makes this tree bear fruit and give shade to people and animals and to the birds? The thing that makes this tree really strong, you can't see. The thing that makes this tree really strong is that. the roots of the trees are more, way more massive, sometimes even twice as much massive than the actual tree itself. You know, we have different statures here. Some are small, some are big. But maturity is something that you cannot see just by looking at the physical person. You can see that in what they produce as a person. Who they are. Because who you are is what you do. What, how, what you think, what you believe, who you are in Christ. And it equates. It's not ex- exclusive. It's, it's, not in, it, it's inclusive. Who you are is what your hands do, what you think. We need to understand that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. We want to be mature. And we want to be deeply rooted in the love that comes only from God. And I pray that today we may be edified with that message.